Interested in real estate? How about wealth? Well, they go hand in hand. And here, you'll learn all about it. Welcome to Be The Bank, a podcast where we discuss and debate the topics centered around real estate investing. Your host, Justin Bogard, shares insights into investing in real estate to create real wealth and passive income for you and your family. He'll share stories of real estate investments done right, walk you through the process of owning a real estate note, and most importantly, educate you so you can be the bank. This is Be The Bank, brought to you by American Note Buyers. Now, here's your host, Justin Bogard. Well, hello there. Welcome to the Be The Bank podcast. This is episode number 18 on season five. I am Justin Bogard. Today, we are going to be talking about, I'll be talking with Richard Thornton again, and we're going to be discussing, um, I read an article and it talked about what happens with, what might happen or what could happen with uh, when the rates finally drop down or if they're ever going to drop down. So it should be an interesting topic for today. So stay tuned. Richard, this is the the best looking outfit I've ever seen you wear. Yeah, it's called No Outfit at All. Uh, Streamyard <laughs> for some reason is just painting me black uh, in a little in my little avatar today. So uh, I'm I'm stuck with this. This is all I can do. Well, that's too bad because you're probably wearing some outfit that I could poke fun at, and I'm not going to be able to now. So yeah, you're, is, right. This is, you're right. This is actually worse news for me. I, I, you know, I, I, um, I look at everything that I wear as an outfit, you know, that's what's, I'm also going to go see the new Barbie movie so I can, I can test out that theory. Oh, so Brian, I have two daughters as, as you know, and Uh I still have not seen the Barbie movie. I'm not worried that I haven't seen it yet. I'm just surprised that I haven't. So I'm actually, uh, told because I haven't seen it yet that it's actually a little bit more for adults than you would think. It's a, got a strong feminist, um, uh, overtone to it. And, um, it's not, not the bubblegum thing you think would think. Okay. Well, my daughters did see it. I think they saw it two times, once with their mom and once with my mom. Uh, So they, they mentioned that they, they liked it. So I said, okay, Hey. But, but you, you did you did see the more important movie. What's that? That was the new Indiana Jones movie. Now that oh yeah, I did. Yeah, important. They liked that one. We yeah. had actually watched all of the Indiana Jones movies before that one, and yeah. uh, we all three of us thought it was the best one yeah. out of all of them. I don't know if you had an opinion on it, but I mean to to see uh, Harrison Ford once again um, doing daring do's is uh, you know quite something. So you gotta. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I definitely thought it, it was a very good, uh, very good movie. So there you go. There's your your from the Rotten Tomatoes to your home. Richard and Justin have just uh, told you what movies to watch next. <laughs> yeah. So so this may be what I'm going to say right now might be the best tidbit that these that the listeners and viewers are going to get out of this. But I did not okay. realize maybe maybe and it has nothing to do with notes. Okay. Um, I did not realize that you can actually go to the Rotten Tomatoes websites and just cruise through all sorts of movies and TV shows and things like that. Because, you know, the the library systems that Netflix and Amazon have are not mm-hmm. really great. I mean, you see the, the 10 that they're promoting, but if you wanted to put in some really cool 1980s 
sci-fi movie, you wouldn't be able to find it. But you can find all that stuff on Rotten Tomatoes. You can just put it in under something like that, pull it up, and then you can go uh, uh, go online and find out where it's playing and you know get new ideas. And uh, so there's your little tidbit for the day. You know what? That brings up a maybe we might go down a dark hole with this. But sure, yeah. What I, what I, what I watch is no turning back now. Yeah. What I've been watching stuff, I agree with you. Like when you go to the different streaming services and everybody listening and watching probably has more than one or two streaming services that they pay for. And, you know, we all thought we were going to cut the cable and we end up probably paying more than we did when we had cable. I agree. But I find that I can't ever find the movie that I want to have one in my head. Be like, Oh yeah, I remember that movie. Um, and I'll go try to find on Netflix or go try to, I'm just like, this is so annoying. Why can't I just, you know, type it in somewhere and it tell me what service it on a service it's playing on when I have the service available to me. That's the feature that I want. I don't have that. You you can do that. I on IMDB. So if you go to imdb.com and put in the name of that movie, it'll tell you what platforms it's on. Well, I'm one step lazier, Richard. Uh Oh, I'm talking about when you're on your TV and you got your controller in your hand and you want to, you know, all you get on the microphone for the controller and say, I want to watch Indiana Jones. And if it comes up, it'll just give me the ability to rent it on whatever platform to rent it on. But it doesn't show me like what service is like trying to stream it for free. That's, That's what late. I'm trying to get across. That's too late, man. You're sitting there with your jammies <laughs> on, popcorn beside you, you know, popcorn. a beer in the other hand. That's <laughs> too late, dude. You can't do your research then. Jeez. Come on. It's. It, I need that instantaneous streaming knowledge of where the dang movie or TV show is playing. So your That's kids haven't told you that there's no microphone in your, uh, in your remote and you're just talking to the wind. <laughs> I probably am. It shows a picture of a microphone, but I probably am. The probably reason that doesn't work, dude. Why isn't this thing working? <laughs> That's the <laughs> reason. Yeah. There's no microphone. Yeah. I digress. Well, Richard, we are, we are going to get to the meat of our conversation. We're, we're doing this podcast. <laughs> I, no one, everyone's tuned out so far for the first uh, six minutes of this podcast. I'm sorry, folks. Anyways, uh, do you guys know the name Barbara Corcoran? No. As Richard says, Rebecca. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was close. I was close. Yeah. Barbara Corcoran, Corcoran is a well-known for being a shark on the TV, ABC TV show Shark Tank. And so... I had read a quick little snippet on one of the social media feeds. I, I want to say it was Yahoo or, or Facebook that I saw this on. And she had done, maybe it was an interview with Yahoo News or Yahoo Real Estate. And anyway, she was talking about real estate and she was saying, you know, watch what happens when the interest rate, currently it's at over 7%. Watch when it drops back down to five, like low fives or even below five. She said it's going to be a buyer frenzy and she can see the real estate market jump up like 15, 20% as far as, you know, appreciation on pricing. And uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. So I, I read it and I respect Barbara and I like Barbara. And I was thinking, you know what, this lady is, is seeing something that at least I didn't focus on when I was trying to research, you know, and, and get a feel for what's going to happen next with our trends and stuff in residential real estate. But yeah, she's right. I, I could definitely see after having the rates jump up so quickly, and then if they start to, to tick back down and they even get back down to the high fours, low fives, like we hope that they do, 
I can definitely see everyone that's been on the sidelines waiting for those rates to come down, just jumping ship, selling the house and then getting a new mortgage and a new house. So uh, Richard, what do you think? Well, I think, I think part of that, I, I agree with part of that. Um, one is I think there's a little bit of headwind here. Um, okay. First of all, I mean, in a broad sense, I totally agree with her because after every time that the Fed has raised rents and lowered rents, guess what? There's been you know a rush in housing, so that's not all that uh, big a deal to to claim. Whether it's going to be fifteen percent or not is kind of uh, okay. But there yeah. are a couple couple of headwinds. Um, uh, I was kind of digging around in a bunch of different reports, and I, I uh, looked at. Uh, the Harvard uh, 2023 housing study and some other stuff. And you know, they're saying that 49% of uh, renters in the market today um, can't afford to move. They can't, can't even become, they're hardly be meeting their rents today, much less pulling together enough equity to, to buy a house. So that's a real headwind. Um, uh, materials prices and lands prices are going through the roof. Um, and so uh, we've got to get uh, that part of it uh, under control. Um, and production is still down. Production is 30% lower than 2019, uh, which was the lowest um, production year in, in on record. Uh, home, home building? Yeah, home building, right. I'm sorry, okay. for the last 15 or 20 years. So you've got to have a you have to have people get more income. You've got to get, and, and, and the the biggest demand is going to be on the lower end of the market, right? I mean, it kind right. of always, always is first-time home buyers and how they're going to get in and blah, blah, blah. Well, if a large pool of them come from the renters and they can't even afford their rent, how are they going to buy a house? So mm-hmm. I, I agree with part of what she's saying, but there's a, there's a, a lot going on in this market. It's confusing because... I, I appreciate your your dialogue with this and your your side of of how you interpret that story and what you see happening. So, I, I thought the fifteen percent to twenty percent increase in real estate was was surprising to me as well. Of course, she doesn't have a crystal ball. She's not saying that she's you know betting her life on this or anything. She's just saying I can see this happening and I, I can just so I, I believe the trend would be that real estate will go back up again. Uh, I don't know how much. But this real estate game has been so different since after the the Great Recession right, right. of 09, 2010. And all this stuff doesn't make sense. Um, it, it, the economics doesn't, doesn't make sense sometimes why this is going on. I think just people are making decisions and then the, we're, we're feeling the ramifications of them and the effects of them after that's done. Meaning like, okay, the rates went way down, right? And now COVID happened. Now the rates went way up and housing went way up. And it's like, everything is just disproportional and it doesn't, it doesn't logically make sense why it's happening. Right. Well, you know, there's still, we're still going through a macro change, which is um, that they say, I think, I can't remember what the projected year was, 2080 or something like that, that okay. 98% um, of the population, country's population, will live on 2% of the land mass. Um, so you still got that that overall migration. Look at all the people who are moving to Florida and Texas and 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 you know Carmel, Indiana, and you know all this. You know. <laughs> Carmel, stop or saying Carmel. Carmel. Carmel as you say Come on, time. man. 
that's killing I gotta me. Get it, I got to get it right. <laughs> um, so that's that's still going on, but uh, so the demand is there. Clearly, there's no more land if you're in Texas or someplace like that. There's a, a lot more land, right. but um, a couple of the cities out here are starting to do something which which I applaud because um, Norway has been doing it for years, and I have thought that way they. We need to do it. And that is, you know, there's also all these um, rent control initiatives. And my thought is, is, well, why uh, should we penalize the private sector owners with rent control? They can't raise their rents. They can't, it basically, it sort of leads to slumlord type of properties. That's the, okay. that's the age old. If you go to someplace like Norway and a lot of the other Scandinavian countries, um, the government builds housing. I mean, they build um, large apartment buildings and, and houses and, and things like that. They buy them um, and they sell them to people uh, or they and or they rent them. Uh, but they put a cap on it. So if you if you buy it, they say, look, the, the cap that you can the most appreciation you get can get is like five percent per year or whatever that is. And that really, really, really increases the affordable housing pool and doesn't penalize the private sector. And so you're starting to see more of that uh, happen here in California. And I support that type of initiative because that would help a lot of the problems that we're talking about today. Yeah, it definitely seems like affordability. And I'm just going to key on that that word that you said. It, it definitely is a problem right now. And you're right. Rents are the only way to go if you can't buy a house. That's that's really your only option. Live, move in with somebody else or just rent on your own, your own, you know, house or condo or apartment. And rents aren't going down. No, they're not. They are going up and they keep going up. And uh, I'm going to argue one thing that you said back earlier, where <clears throat> if they can't, if they can't afford a rent, they can't afford a house. I think they can afford a house if they have a private mortgage. I think it's, uh -huh. it's cheaper okay. for someone to have a private to get a private mortgage on a house than it is for them to rent the house. And I'm only speaking because I live in Indiana. I don't live in any of the state. I'm not, you know, seeing what's going on. But in Indiana, because it's we're a midwestern state, rents are typically a little bit higher than what you can get on a mortgage on a house. That's a little mm -hmm. bit bigger than what you're renting. Mm -hmm. um, so I I can see that being more of a uh, of a strong real estate uh, selling cycle is seller financing here. Like in the Midwest, I, I obviously I don't live in California. I don't right. know what you see. Maybe it's the complete opposite in California where mortgages are 16 times higher than rents. I, I don't know, but in Indiana, at least I can see on lower valued properties. It's actually easier for someone to get a, um, to pay for a monthly mortgage payment than it is a rent payment, just because the numbers are a little bit smaller on right. a mortgage. Uh, as opposed to rents right now. So the trick, though, is to, to save up the equity. I mean, right. Th that's how I got. I was <laughs> very fortunate. My mom and dad, uh, when I bought my first house, um, had enough money to lend me the down payment. They charged me interest on it, but it got me into the, the how market. How dare they? How dare they? Can you imagine? But it got kind of lenders are they? Yeah, that's right. And I I I paid them off. Um, but you know, in the first, I, I just, I was living in DC at that time and, and got very lucky and I probably made a half million dollars on the first two houses I bought. Wow. Um, but, but that got me started, you know, uh, in the, in the race. And I 
would have had a terrible time getting in. So just to go back to one of the f- factors, though, that uh, uh, I read about, and it said that the um, the, the median um, homeowner sh- cost uh, rose 20% from last year to this year, and it's now $117,000. So the average family has to be making $117,000, or the median family, not the average. Um, well, last time I looked, median income was only $70,000. Oh, so wow. you got a, you got a huge gap there and saying that those people still can't afford to get into a house. I guess, Richard, I'm, I'm going to walk myself back on my previous statement. Uh, that is rent rent payments versus mortgage payment. So mm-hmm. if you just compare those two line items, right? in Indiana, the rents are going to be higher than mortgage payments to try to be in a comparable house of home ownership. Mm-hmm. Meaning like if you have a 1,200 square foot apartment and then you get a 1,200 square foot house, like the rent on the apartment is going to be uh, higher than the mortgage payment on that set house. Okay. That, that's what I'm trying to compare to. And obviously yeah. the locale is, is, is dependent upon that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you just brought up something that I didn't really take into consideration when I first made that statement. And that was all the things that go into home ownership. Okay. And I think what you're, you're alluding to in that figure is saying like, okay, it's not just the mortgage payment. It's the insurance, it's the taxes, it's furnishing the house, it's cleaning the house. It's, you know, scaping the light, the outside with, you know, the, the yardscaping or the, the hardscaping around, you know, by the house. It's, you know, doing maintenance on the yard, doing maintenance on the house. It's, you know, repairing and, and keeping up with the mechanicals um, in the house. Like all that stuff needs to go into consideration. And, and I can definitely see why the, the cost of home ownership is definitely, you have to consider that, uh, more than just the mortgage payment itself, because you can't just live in a house and not and not do anything to it, or else it's going to turn into, um, you know, one of the breaking bad houses where they they build meth in. Right, <laughs> yeah. know, that's going to be all overgrown and just you know. Just yeah, so it's there. very interesting. I uh, to me, I mean, if you're living, so some people just say, "Hey, look," uh, some <clears> of my <throat> investors uh, said this in the past. They rent, you know, they rent very very nice apartments, but they rent because they said just for the same reasons. Everything you said, they said by the time I pay taxes and blah blah blah, I'd much rather have my money in 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 different investments. Unless you're in a major metropolitan area, uh, in a lot of instances, New York, San Francisco, wherever, and you get a great deal of appreciation, um, it could not be worth it to be a homeowner. Yeah. Because you're just not getting that much appreciation or anything out of it. So what's the big deal? There is that banter going back and forth in one, in one of my local real estate clubs uh, mm-hmm. that we're, we're talking with. And there's, there's two, two people that are more well-known for doing high volume and house uh, wholesaling and flipping and stuff. Right. And they are bringing up the same point. And they're saying, um, why, do you, why do we own houses? And, you know, obviously if you own a duplex, you know, your house hacking, you can have someone else pay your mortgage because it's really not a cash flowing asset. Yeah. You can borrow money against it in the future once you get some equity into it. But, um, you know, there's, there's always a good argument on, you know, what's your lifestyle. Right. So should you own a house or should you rent? So right now we currently rent. It's, it's because we're in between figuring out where we want to go, where, what, part of town do we want to live in? Do we want to build? Do we want to buy and rehab? I only have about, let's say eight years left until my oldest gets into college. And then maybe I want to move down where my parents are to be closer to them. Like, you know, there's all these, 
these things. So I'm, I'm like in the short term muddy water situation of like, do I just rent? Do I buy a condo? Like I need more amenities to have somebody take care of stuff than I do trying to build equity or appreciation in the house. Cause you're right, Richard, like it doesn't really appreciate in the grand masses as it does, like in those ma major metropolitan areas. Now I say that Richard, and I do have some updates for you. Okay. Because I had, and this bothers me because I happened to look at it today and I, I shouldn't have looked at it because I knew it was going to bother me, but I had bought a house in 2017, 2018, I believe. And I put some money into it to, to flip it. I ended up living in it for a while <clears throat> and then I ended up flipping it. So I look at that house and I don't know what I paid for it. Let's just, let's just call it. Um, I don't know. I know what I sold it for. I sold it for around 240. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a pretty average priced home in, in a nice, uh, nicer city where I live. Mm -hmm. It was a, I think Richard, it was a, 1700 square foot home. So mm -hmm. I had three full bedrooms and two and a half bathrooms and it was two levels, just a mm -hmm. main floor and an upstairs. Mm -hmm. uh, so no basement. Um, but it was a, it was a, a brick front home with, with, you know, vinyl around all the other sides of it, <clears throat> the not the non street sides. And so then I sold that home, I think in 2019. So I think I got it in 2017. I sold it in 2009. So I only lived in about two years and when I sold it, I sold it for around 240. So I, I didn't make a lot of money, but I, I made enough to where, you know, okay, it seemed like a decent, a decent profit. What wasn't a large profit. And then fast forward to let's see, whoever I sold it to, they sold it in 2022. And so what they bought it for was, you know, around 240. And what they sold it for was 350. <laughs> so, Aye, wow. So they hit the market perfectly and I could not be more irritated because Richard, I went through and rehab that thing real. And I did most of it myself. I, I only, I spent about 30 or 35 on it, but that was like all brand new cabinets, all brand new countertops, all the bathrooms mm -hmm. were redone. All the floors were redone upstairs and downstairs, all the brand new paint, you know, landscaping. I did myself to save some money, but I did, I did all these things except, you know, update the mechanicals. And that's the only thing they did. They, they replaced a couple of the mechanicals and they resold it and they made all that money on it. And I'm just like going, I did yeah. all that work. I yeah, wanted yeah. to make that much money on it, but it's all about timing. So someone was brilliant when they, when they bought the house and they thought maybe they paid a little bit too much for it. But then after COVID happened and then what happened all around these, these random pockets. And I want to say it was in the early summer of 22 when it was the biggest bust and uh, boom, I'm sorry. Um, mm -hmm. here in the Naples area, but yeah, they, they came out making, uh, making a lot more than I did. Yeah. That's how exactly. And that's an anomaly that, that doesn't, that's not typical. Well, it, it can be though. I mean, you're right. You, you have not, to, not for where we live. Yeah. This is, you this have, is, you that was to, a San Francisco type appreciation, right? You have to look at your, your, your timing in the market because that's how to go back to my previous <laughs> statement, how we made so much money on houses, our first couple of houses in that, we were living in an apartment building. They turned it to condo. They gave um, a residence a, a discount to buy. And by the time they had gone through the four phases of selling them all out, we made seventy thousand dollars before we even, you know, before we even they even finished the last phase. And knowing that was going to happen, we bought into the first phase of a of a single family housing uh, development that was going to be several hundred units. 
and they jacked the prices five times on those before they sold out two years later on the on the next phase. So you, you're you're surfing. I mean, your price surfing is what it is, and it's that that's exactly what your your buyers did. Yeah, panned out for them pretty well. So kudos yeah. to them. Yeah, but not everybody could do that. I mean, no. You know, as we as I said earlier, according to the stats, forty nine percent of all all renters can't even come up with can't even they're they're living beyond their means just to make the rent, much less do that and save up equity. Also, yeah. Well, Richard, this was a fun conversation today. It led us down some odd paths. So, to the listening person and the viewing person, we apologize if this was too much for you. But hey, guess what? You can probably watch this in two x and just speed it up and get it done. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of 25 minutes, it'll only be like, you know, 12. So Yeah, but if we do that, I talk very fast. I don't want to talk very fast. You can't even know. <laughs> let's see. Let's see the transcript script. Keep up with that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm Justin Bogart. This is Richard Thornton with uh, American Note Buyers. This is who sponsors and who uh, this episode is brought to you by. Episode number 18 on season five of the Be The Bank podcast don't forget to check out our youtube channel american note buyers youtube channel and our website is anbfunds.com until the next time guys we will see you later and maybe i'll fix my video by then huh yeah maybe we'll have pictures of you not just a picture of you but a video of you you know they may like it better without pictures of me this could be an ai i could be talking to an ai right now we don't know know. that's right (laughs) see ya bye Thanks for listening to Be The Bank. We hope you learned something from today's show. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us. Plus, check out our channel on YouTube and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Be The Bank and on Instagram at Be The Bank Podcast. Be The Bank is sponsored by American Note Buyers. Thanks again for listening.